0: Welcome into another episode of The Shot Show. My name is Curtis. I'm going to be your host this evening. Tonight I'm joined by Mario, Josh, and Jordan. So, um, you know, I don't know really where to start with this other than what happened. Coastal lost. They lost to a team that is worse than them, Um, not only on paper, but even on the eye test. Every game that Georgia State's played this season, they haven't looked good other than Auburn. And I guess technically last week, Louisiana, they were competitive, but they haven't looked good all season. And Coastal comes out and lays an absolute egg in this game. They looked like they didn't want to be there. They looked like they didn't care. Um, And they paid for it. They lost, and they lost to a team that is now ahead of them in the division standings. The hopes of the Sunbelt Championship are gone. Totally, completely. The hopes of a decent bowl game are gone. You're now pretty much guaranteed to go to the Myrtle Beach Bowl at this point. Like, you're not traveling. You laid an egg like this. Congratulations. You're, you know, your prize is you get to sleep in your dorm room. Good job, right? But before I really start to go off on some of the problems that this team has faced, what are you guys'
1: first impressions of the game? Yeah, really, just, I mean, offense was fine, in my opinion. We had some players out there that don't normally play like this, specifically Bryce Carpenter, and we made some mistakes, some crucial mistakes down the stretch. But my, my point is, if we put up 40 points, how do we lose to Georgia State? If, if In my mind, if we put up 40 points, there should have been no way we lost. But we gave up 42 points, the defense looked abysmal, they looked like they couldn't stop anybody, and that's just – the defense really stuck out to me, and that was the key to that game. I mean.
0: Yeah, we're on this roller coaster with the defense. Like, I don't. last week we were talking about the only negative we could take away from Georgia Southern was the fact that they scored eight points, right? That was it. The defense played amazing. They probably should have pitched a shutout. And now this week they give up 42 to Georgia State and
2: look terrible doing it. Yeah, well, for me, I think it's going to be – They just didn't respect this team. They didn't respect Georgia State. You know, we beat them pretty bad at their spot last year. It was 51-0 last year. And I feel like it was just like what it was with Appalachian State. I feel like Georgia State had this game circled on their calendars, and they were ready to come down here and prove a point. Granger came out, and he balled out flat out. I will give credit where credit is due. Darren Granger balled out against us. He knew good and well that this was his opportunity to shine and, and show Coastal that, you know, he wanted to prove you sh- You guys should have came after me.
0: Yep. Yeah, you had a quarterback literally five miles down the road that beat you, that has now come in and beat you and looked really good doing it. They couldn't do anything to Granger. They had one sack from, from Josiah Stewart, again, gets him to double digits on the season, and he's literally been the one bright spot on this defense. Right? Mm -hmm. Him and DeJordan Strong are the only players that you can point to this season and be like, yep, they had good seasons. You know, we talked a lot of hype coming into this season. And I know we didn't do preseason episodes of this show, right? But we're all friends here. We talk all the time, right? This was a team that we were super excited about because you brought back 20 of your 22 starters on offense and defense. You brought back all your specialist starters. You had. The recipe to go and do what you did last season and do it better. You everything was there for you. And the main players from that team haven't showed up this season. Teddy Gallagher has been terrible all season. Silas Kelly has been quiet all season. I won't say that he's been bad. He's had bad games. But he's just been, he hasn't done made the impactful plays that he made last season. CJ Brewer was an all-American for crying out loud and has given nothing to this team this season. Where is that? Why is that? What is going on? And, you know, to bring it back to this game specifically, Georgia State won by two, but they dominated this whole game. Let's not sugarcoat it. There was never a point in this game – I will say at halftime I felt confident that, you know, the coaching staff would get in and, you know, make some changes. But there was never a point in this game – other than those few minutes at halftime where I thought that Coastal was going to win this game.
3: Right. No, you're absolutely right. And looking looking at that game, because obviously like, most of us worked it, but looking at that game live, it seemed like every single time Georgia State's offense got their hands on that ball, they capitalized on the opportunity. And that's what it is. That's the biggest thing I feel like in sports is capitalizing. And that's something that in specific times in that game, Coastal did not do. And it gave Georgia State... You gave them a window to go into and they ended up going into that window and they capitalized and they got a win. Yeah,
1: and we were saying at halftime we felt confident and really out of halftime, the coaching staff at the beginning, they made great adjustments. I actually think the coaching staff did a great job because Georgia State didn't score a single point in the second half until 453 in the fourth quarter. So that's not on the coaching staff. My coaches always used to say, we can... We can put you in great positions to win, but we can't play the game for you. The coaching staff obviously made the adjustments they needed to on defense and put the team in a position they needed to win. We're up 34-28, and we could not get a stop to seal the game. We get a stop, we get the ball back, we run a few plays, we kneel the ball, we win the game. Instead, we give up a touchdown to go down 35-34, get the ball back, what do we do? We fumble the next play and then allow another touchdown. We allow – Two touchdowns in two minutes after doing great all half. It was just the coaching staff really, I think the halftime adjustments were just fine, but the players really had to step up and really won at the end of that game.
3: And let me say something, okay? What we did on offense, it felt like Georgia State just reciprocated it. You, know, you want to know yep. what I find very, very interesting? I look at our running backs. Braden Benny, he had himself a very good game. He had a touchdown. Shamari Jones had three touchdowns. He didn't have as many yards, but he had three touchdowns. I go to Georgia State's running backs. Their guy, Jameis Williams, he had a touchdown. Their starting running back, who we talked about, Tucker Gregg, had three. It seemed like they just reciprocated everything that we do on offense, and they did it to our defense. Right, and this is an offense that's running with a backup quarterback. And let's
0: not sugarcoat Bryce Carpenter's performance in this game either. He wasn't great. He wasn't spectacular. But he did enough that Coastal should have won this game. Your defense let you down. Your offensive line let you down, too. Let's not – I mean, we put up 40 points. But that's an offensive line that gave up four sacks, right? A lot of quarterback pressures. Georgia State had nine and a half tackles for loss. Like, this is unacceptable at this point in the season, especially for a unit like our offensive line where you brought back five starters from last season and i played offensive line in high school do i think i could play better than any of these guys no i'm not a d1 athlete not even close to it but you've got to perform better and it makes me question bill durkin and it makes me question the coaching staff you had an 11-0 and season last year right you lost in your bowl game fine whatever but you went 11-0 in the regular season. You came into this season as co-favorites in your division, right? The people in the Sun Belt media couldn't split you in App State. The offensive line play has been worse. For a group that returned all five starters, you should expect that group to, A, get significantly better, or B, at the very worst, be the same as they were last year. They're not. They're terrible. And it makes me question Jamie Chadwell's faith in Bill Durkin because that's unacceptable as a coach at a D1 program to have a a position group where you brought back all of your starters from last season to have them play worse than they did last year. You can't have that. There's no excuses for that because we talk in a normal year, right, where COVID doesn't impact eligibility and all this stuff. That is one of the biggest things in determining – whether a team from last season continues their success, is you look at the number of players that graduated. You look at the number of players that moved on. Coastal brought back 20 of 22 starters. One of them that they lost was C.J. Marable, an amazing player, but easily replaced by Shamari Jones. He's proven that. And, and Braden Bennett has come in and been really nice. When Reese White is healthy, he's been really good. Mm-hmm. You're not missing a whole lot with C.J. Marable. You didn't lose a single offensive lineman, and now that's one of your worst position groups on the team. Unacceptable. Totally, completely unacceptable.
1: Yeah, and we talked about Bryce Carpenter's performance, and he didn't do great. But the two mistakes that he made, he threw an interception and he fumbled the ball, but... The fumble was because he got absolutely rocked Mm -hmm. by, like, four Georgia State defensive linemen. Not really on – nothing Bryce Carpenter can do except tuck the ball a little bit better. And then the interception, he gets flushed out of the pocket. The play is completely broken, and he tries to make a play, and he forces something. All his mistakes were off the offensive line. He never was in the pocket or was supposed to throw a pass that was just on him completely – the offensive line forced Bryce Carpenter's mistakes in this game.
0: Right, he was uncomfortable from the first yes. snap of the ball. He couldn't set his feet. He couldn't. Uh, they couldn't establish a pocket to save their lives. Right. It's and I know it's it's a little bit harsh to criticize an offense that put up 40 points. However, like I said earlier, this game looked like Georgia State was in control from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. And I think a lot of that was the panic and last second kind of you know whatever that Carpenter and Bennett and Shamari Jones had to do because they had to compensate for an offensive line that might as well have just been
2: Swiss cheese. And let me just say this: we we our style of play, we don't play catch up. We don't. No. We have this is probably one of the first times, maybe the first time all year, where we have played catch up, being down. Damn, double digits and we we don't play catch-up we are usually the ones that are up double digits so it's kind of hard to come back from a double digit lead late in the game and then you need a two-point conversion to tie the game and it's just I'm not gonna I don't if you want my personal opinion I don't think we should have ran the ball in that situation I don't think we should have
3: Well, let me say this okay obviously that is not our type of play and obviously we don't expect our team especially with the schedule that we have to play catch-up we expect like to play catch-up if we're facing like a good ranked team like sometimes depending on who that team is we might have to play catch-up but i'll say this okay we this was a game where we had to play catch-up we were down double digits and it looked like we were going to come back and at least tie the game and then go into that two-point conversion you look at it and Again, just so, so unfortunate that we couldn't make it.
0: Well, and the other thing I want to say about that two-point conversion is you on the first play, you ran a fade to Isaiah Likely, and you got a pass interference call. That was lucky, in my opinion. Very. Like, that was—the ref could have just swallowed the pocket— right yeah, okay. or he could have swallowed the flag excuse me mm-hmm. to be honest i wouldn't really have complained yeah, because I, I didn't really see a flag and the only thing right that there. that defender didn't do was turn his head yeah. and look at the ball we got That's lucky we got you got lucky chance. so not only did you fail to get the ball in the end zone from a yard and a half out you failed twice <laughs> to get the ball in on a two point conversion and I don't understand the play call. I'm with you, Mario. We ran Philly special earlier in in the game and got a score out of it. It showed that we had some creative, you know, play calling in there. We had something dialed up for this. And then you're just going to run an inside zone that hasn't been there all game. Right. All of I'm our rushing yards came from read options and uh, speed options to the outside, getting pitches, getting players in space. And – on a play that you absolutely need to win this game, you're going to call an inside zone that has literally not been there all game. That's pathetic. That's pathetic. And, and it, it's on Chadwell to come up with something better there. He's our play caller,
1: right? He needs to do something better there, and he simply didn't. Yeah, and you can't even act like Bryce Carpenter was uncomfortable running the option. Because did he have a bad pitch all game? I don't think he did. He He looked very comfortable running the option. I don't think he made a wrong read, to be honest. So why not break it to the outside? All of our positive plays were on the outside, at least running the ball. So to run it straight up the middle, that was just a really odd and off-character play call for us. But then again, your offensive linemen push as hard as you can, and Shamari Jones is a bowling ball. He gets in there, he's a power. I mean... You, you can't tell me, even regardless of what the play call is, you tell me the offensive lineman can't step up for one play and let Shamari Jones get one yard. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm that's, saying. We, it's not all on the play call. We should be able to get a yard on the rush. Absolutely. And I know this offensive line is
0: undersized, right? Their name is the Mighty Mites. Right. They call themselves that. I bought a T-shirt that has that on the back of it. It's a dope-ass T-shirt. But – it's not acceptable for an offensive line at the D1 level to not get a yard when you need it. To have a player like Shamari Jones coming downhill full speed into the back of your center, that should be a guaranteed yard. And they didn't get it. They couldn't do it. And they weren't able to do it all game. They, they couldn't do it. Like I said, all of our rushing yards, all of our things came from the outside. And do I think I could do a better job than Bill Durkin? No, I can't. I'm not an offensive line coach with years and years of experience. But do I question him now? Absolutely. Do I think he should be back with this team next year? No. I think there are better offensive line coaches, and I think there are better players to motivate or better coaches, excuse me, to motivate these players. And I think you move on from Bill Durkin, regardless of how you know, how much you love him and how much he's meant to this team and how much, you know, he's a legend of the game if you want to go that far, right? He hasn't done his job. He hasn't done it well. And it's been shown all season that he hasn't done his job. Mm-hmm. Where's the accountability? Where's, where is, you know, the, the team leader that, uh, that uh, Chadwell should be?
1: Where is it? It's not there. Right. If Coastal wants to take the next step in terms of being a football program, which we've been saying that's what we're trying to do here and that's what we're trying to accomplish, how come after every game against a decent team, like not even an elite team, not a great team, we have complained about the offensive line after Buffalo, Troy, App State, Georgia State. I mean, if if your offensive line can't handle those teams, we can't move up and handle Virginia, Virginia Tech. Nope. Clemson. Clemson, Georgia, Mm. South Carolina. We're not going to be able to do it. If we want to take the next step, being just average is not going to cut it in order to Mm. move up. And if Bill Durkin can't be Mm. that guy, Mm. then we have to set a standard that we're trying to move up and keep getting better. And if that's the step we have to take, that's the step we have to take.
3: Right. And not only that, and they're probably not, and the team's not even thinking about this, but I, I am. Here's the thing we've been talking about Bryce Carpenter on this podcast for a very long time and how he has one more year of eligibility. And how he might want to, you know, we don't know if he's going to go into this transfer portal or not. You know, he might want, like, teams might be looking at him. If this offensive line plays the way that they're doing, it affects Bryce.
1: Absolutely. You know, like because
3: the stats are not popping up. He's not showing what he can actually do because the offensive line is disrupting everything. And Bryce has to either scram or he has to innovate a completely different play. It's affecting Bryce and it's affecting his future, in my opinion. Well, let me just say this. we got two games left in the season.
2: This needs to be a reality check. If, if, if they didn't have a reality check after Appalachian right. State, they, this needs to be a reality check. Let's just – we're not going to sugarcoat no more. But right. Pretty much everything they wanted to accomplish this year, like Curtis said, is out the window. Yep. It's gone. It's gone. So, you guys – you guys wanted to go to a big bowl game? It's gone. It's over. It's over with. Probably the best game, like Curtis said, you're going to get probably the Myrtle Beach Bowl. So, right. you guys need to buy in – and somebody, I don't care who it is, somebody needs to check this team on the on the football team. One of the players needs to be a leader and go in there. I don't care if it's a private meeting or what. Staying after practice, somebody's got to say something because eight and two, now third in the Sun Belt. Right, Sunbelt East. Sunbelt Belt East, excuse me. Yeah, we don't, That was not what the preseason plans were for this team. Yeah, like
1: like you said, the only thing that's really left on that preseason goal list is a bowling. And if we don't take these next two weeks and do everything that we can to buy in, we're not going to accomplish that either. It's still there, and we can still accomplish it, but if we don't change some drastic things quickly, that's not even going to happen, and that's what we need to do.
3: Right, and you know what? I'm going to be honest. I just feel like there's a lack of energy on this team. And so these last two regular season games— And even whatever bowl game we might get, treat all three of those games like you're about to play in a Rose Bowl game. Okay? We want to see that energy. Get that chip back on your shoulder back when you were 2 and 13 and nobody knew a single player's name on that team. Go back to doing that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I I want to take a step back here and and take a deep breath for all of us. Um, We are not spoiled children. Let's not pretend like this podcast expected Coastal to be undefeated and beat Georgia and Clemson this season right. let's not pretend like we expected Coastal to be a national championship contender this season what we expected was growth what we expected was improvement, what we expected was to see the new things that this team that went 11-0 and in the regular season last year could do that was Sunbelt co-champions could do and what we've been left with is disappointment. Congratulations, you beat UMass. You know who they lost to on Saturday? Maine. <laughs> Congrats. Good good work, everybody. You beat Maine. You, like, you, you beat UMass. You beat Kansas, who upset Texas. Hey. Woo! <laughs> but they're 2-8. and eight. Come on now. You beat, like... You beat the shit teams on your schedule, and every team that could have punched you in the mouth did. did, Did, and your response was to roll over. Your response was to give up. Your response was to not care. Your response was to play like garbage.
3: Right. And what, what happened to, and even like two years ago when we first beat Kansas, when we first beat Kansas, that energy after yep. that game, yep. and not even that, even last year when we were just after a win, we would like smash somebody through a table, and that energy that that team had, where is it? Like I don't understand what, ha- what happened possibly in a year with that energy. I don't get it. It's gone.
2: Well, I can yeah. tell you what I see. I see a bunch of individuals. Yeah. I do. And you know what? Every team has it. Every football team you have individuals that don't care about the team, that don't care about going out there and having your brothers back and going out there and trying yeah. to win for your brother. No, that that's what a team is all about. You don't play a team sport just to get yours, just so that you can try to get your stats up so you can try to make it into the league. That's not what a team is all about. A team is all all of everybody coming together. Loving one another, being there for each other, being there for your brother. That is what a team is, con- is, is is supposed to be equipped to do. That's how you win championships. That's how you win bowl games. And you know what? This team, you don't see it. You don't see it from none of these guys. These guys, everybody, no, you don't see it from this team at all. And yeah. you know what? You, you want to see that, but you just don't.
0: There's a moment in this game that stands out to me. We talked about it pre-podcast. They're early in this game. There's a run to the side, and I wish I knew which running back it is. It's hard when we're operating cameras for right. the ESPN Plus. It's hard for us to know exact details. We know what happened, but exact players and stuff, it's hard to, to keep aligned. He is on the sideline. The play is dying, and a Georgia State linebacker literally suplexes him in front of the Coastal Carolina bench. You know what happened? Nothing. His teammates didn't have his back for a second. There was one player from Coastal player. that stood up to the Georgia State guy.
3: Stead one. Stood right over him. Yeah, who, who was that? I couldn't even tell you, but I will say this. Again, it's the hard for The whole team us. could have stood over yeah. him. Yeah.
0: Again, it's hard for us to, to tell exact numbers and exact things. We're watching the game. We know the tendencies. We know what's happening. But it's hard for us to know on an exact play who is what. That tells me that this team doesn't care. This team doesn't have buy-in this team doesn't care about their brothers that are sacrificing themselves they don't care there's a viral clip and again i played this for the guys early uh before we started recording missouri versus kentucky you can look it up missouri's running back is running down the field one of kentucky's safeties comes up and makes a completely legal hit but it's like a half yard from the sideline his momentum carries him and the running back onto the sideline Every single player, coach, official on the sideline for Missouri came running over and was giving him shit, was getting after that Kentucky defensive back. They had to hold that team back because they were ready to rip his head off after that hit. You don't have any of that here. You don't have any of that you know, attitude. You don't have any of that whatever. And I know they like to talk a big game of like, oh, we're the bad boys in Con. No, you're not.
1: You're not. You're soft is what you are. This brings me back to this scenario. Like we've been saying, this is pretty much the exact same team from last year. If we were going to go back. It's BYU versus Coastal. It's the end of the half. Jeffrey Gunter and Teddy Gallagher absolutely pummel Zach Wilson after he throws a pick at the end of the game. And obviously, BYU is upset about that. Their whole team rushes the field. And even though we're in the wrong in that scenario – like Teddy Gallagher and Jeffrey Gunter were absolutely the bad guys in that scenario. Yeah. Our whole team came out to support those guys. The entire bench cleared. It and was both teams were on the yeah. field at halftime because they supported their brothers. Even though we were in the wrong, the whole team supported their brothers and they had their back no matter what. And you don't even see that issue. now.
0: When there's an opponent in the wrong, not yeah. us. There's an opponent in down. the wrong, right? The officials didn't throw a flag. I don't know that. It's one of those iffy calls. I don't blame sure. the officials for not throwing a flag. But that's an opponent within arm's reach of your substitutes, and nobody cares. Yeah, There's no attitude. There's no, hey, don't do that again. There's no riled up. There's no response. There's just, ooh, that looks like it hurt. Well, back to worrying about the chick that's sitting up in row 375. Ooh, look at her.
1: Yeah, what happened to this team last year, that's the part of it that made it so fun. We appreciated every win. The team was all in on every game. And this year I get you want to act like you have some class, but we played ULM, we we acted like we didn't even care about those games and that we just had to play those games. We didn't celebrate in the locker room like that. We didn't get excited about wins. We just did it because it was scheduled and we had to be there. Right, and I don't care about class.
2: No.
0: Let me put this straight forward. I care about winning, and I care about improvement. Even if you're not winning, look like you give a damn. (laughs) Like, look like you care, please, because you didn't. You looked like you were ready to roll over. And I get it. It's a grueling, hard, like, just even though our schedule's been cupcake easy except for, like, a cup, a handful of games, let's not pretend, like, playing an entire football season is easy. It's not. It's
3: not. It's
2: not.
0: But you guys got to care. You guys got to want to sacrifice. You guys got to want to buy in. And there isn't any of that.
2: And, you know, I, I, talk, I talked to the guys earlier um, before we even got on, and I asked them, I said, I said, "What? Where's the the chip that was on those shirts that they had yeah. pre before the season started?" And Curtis came out and he flat out said, "It's gone." Yeah. And you know what? He's absolutely right. I mean, there's nothing here for us to even be excited about. You know, you know, maybe we can look at these next two games and hopefully maybe they'll be generous and give us a nice bowl game maybe. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to happen. So, I mean, guys, I'm serious. Like you guys got to look at each other. You got to somebody's got to say something cuz you guys have to really want to say how are we going to finish this season? Yep. Now, are we going to lose uh, two out of our last 3 or are we going to are we going to go out and just finish the re- regular season and going into the bowl game go 3 and 0 and have a little bit of something to have to say that we can improve on going into the off season because right now, I mean, there's
3: nothing Really too significant for me to say about this team right now. You know what this team reminds me of? And I'm going to make this comparison right now. I don't know if you all ever seen this, but Rocky III. When Rocky was like that heavyweight champion, he has everything, and he's doing all these celebrity appearances, and then he gets pummeled by Clubber Lane, and he gets brought back down to reality. What happens? He goes all the way back to an old, sc- crummy gym just to go back to having that eye of the tiger. Let's yep. make a little thing right here. Eye of the Chanticleer. Get that back. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's they what they remind me of an early Rocky right now. But right. get that eye of the tiger back.
0: Right. They don't care. And I hate to keep saying the same things over and over and over
2: again. I do too.
0: But it's it's the biggest takeaway from that game. Josh and I talked literally like after the game is over, we gotta run around and like reeling cables and put our cameras away and stuff, yeah. right? I talked I ran into Josh while we were in the middle of that mad scramble so we could go home at a decent hour. And I said, I already know the title of this episode. It's Don't Give a Shit. It's Don't Give a Shit. Because as we're out there reeling in cables and and breaking down cameras and checking out some other – and, like, doing the things we need to do to make sure we go home, the players come out of the locker room after about, like, two minutes in there, and they're just, like, dapping each other up and, like, having a good time with, like, their family that came and visited and, like, all – like. I don't want to be overcritical. I have never been one of those guys that supports the like quiet bus on the ride home after an away loss. I think that's garbage, right? It's just sports. But for you to put a loss like this behind you in 90 seconds, <laughs> unacceptable. You guys should care a little bit more about what's happening on the field because right now it looks like you don't. It looks like you care solely about off the field. You care about seeing, you know, auntie and uncle that came from, you know, forever. You can see them tomorrow morning. Why, after the game, are our coaches not giving them? Like, why is that pregame, that postgame speech not there? Why is that postgame like, hey, this is unacceptable, you know, practice on Monday, we've got to be
1: better? That's not there. Uh, They just lost, they had a chance to tie the longest home win streak in school history, which is over a year in the making, winning at home, and they lost it, and they're out there at home where they should be protecting, and they're just having a good time and acting like they didn't just lose yeah. to a team that they should have beat by double digits. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's, it's insane to me. And,
0: you know, I made the statement earlier in this podcast when we were feeling a lot better about Jamie Chadwell having a statue on campus. Do I think Jamie Chadwell deserves to be fired? No, not anywhere close to that. Is he in statue realm anymore? No. I question his leadership. I question his ability to get his players ready to play. I question his ability to hire assistant coaches that he needs to hire. Now, today we had an assistant. Our uh, co-offensive coordinator was nominated for the Broyles Award, which goes to the top uh, assistant coach in the country. But let's not act like that was an award that, is given to a team that deserves it. He doesn't even call plays for our offense. Ah, yeah. He's just there. Mm-hmm. Like the credit for the offense should go to Jamie Chadwell. That guy gets nominated yeah. because he's co-offensive coordinator, right? Congratulations to him. I hope he wins. But I don't know. I just that, like I said, it, it hit as soon as this game was over. I told Josh. I said that. The, title of this episode is don't give a shit because that's what this
1: team did. Well, yeah. go I'm going to be like slightly less critical of the coaches. I do question the ability for them to get the players up before the games. But like I said, coming out of halftime, I thought the coaches did a phenomenal job of making adjustments and putting the team in a position. But at some point, it has got to come on the players or somebody to step up and make a play. Bryce Carpenter fumbles with about five minutes to go. We're down by one at that point. Fumbles in our own territory, probably about the 20-yard line. The defense, somebody on that defense has got to step up. Bryce Carpenter was battling all game. He had no time. He's giving it, literally, I don't question that Bryce Carpenter was giving it 110%. No one on the defense stepped up and made a play for him and said, we're going to get you this ball back, and we're not going to make you have to go the whole field and get a two-point conversion. No, what they did was it's second and goal from about the five. We have... Number 26 was his name, Tucker Tucker, Gray, in the backfield. Two guys in the backfield. We could get him for a four-yard loss. We missed both tackles, and he scampers outside for a touchdown. Instead of it being a four-point game, they kick a field goal. It's an eight-point game, and Bryce Carpenter, who's been getting killed all game, has got to go down the field, lead a drive, and get two. Right. Somebody's got to care, and somebody's got to step up and make a play.
3: Right, and I'm not saying like Tucker Greg's not fast or nothing, but that's a power back right there that yeah. you just let go on the outside and get get a touchdown. Come on, in the yeah. come well, on, you got to get him. It's got to be on the
1: players. Not, that, that wasn't coaches right there. That's no. the players. And,
2: players. and I got a, I got a couple facts for you guys. Um, so now, with us losing on Saturday. With it being homecoming, we are now 12-7 and all-time in homecoming games. And that's our first homecoming loss since 2018. Mm. And now, another stat, we're 0-3 all-time versus Georgia State yep. In, yep. Conway, in Conway at Brooks Stadium. That has to change. That's it has State to North. change. Yeah, we, yeah. It, it has to change. We we have to defend this home turf, surf turf. has to be defended every time they, they get on the field, and it's just unacceptable.
0: And And – Like I said a little bit ago, right, we're not unrealistic on this podcast. We don't think that Coastal Carolina is Georgia. We don't think that Coastal Carolina is Alabama. We do think that Coastal Carolina is a good competitive team and should at least put on some effort, should at least put something out there that sets them apart. And they don't. They simply don't. And I want to transition away from the game a little bit. I think, you know, we've we've all had our piece the one thing I will say going out on this is Chad Staggs needs to fix it and I like you said, a lot of it's on the players mm-hmm. let's not pretend like CJ Brewer wasn't an All-American last year and has been bad this year, I'll just say it I'll, I'll say it, he's been bad um, let's not pretend like Teddy Gallagher and Silas Kelly weren't the quarterbacks and the leaders of this defense and have played pretty bad let's not pretend like this team has played ungodful football and it's just ah, oh, their coach called a blitz when he should have been in man coverage no no there's there's some definite issues going on with the players and i chad staggs needs to figure it out or else his neck should be on the chopping block too the other thing i want to talk about and it's there's nothing good that comes out of this game let's be let's be realists here We are happy, positive guys, 99. You guys listen to this podcast. I mean, listen to our pregame episode. We're laughing and carrying on and having a good
1: time,
2: right?
1: (laughs) And we're still going to support the guys next week. That's the thing. That's it. But we're We're going to be there and support them, be their biggest supporters. We're not going anywhere. You know who's
0: not going to be there to support them? The student section. (laughs) No, you're right. What a pathetic performance from our students. Absolutely, positively fucking pathetic.
1: Big Game Boomer put y'all as the 12th worst
0: student section this week. And you deserve
2: it. They don't care. They don't care
0: either. We had this rant a couple of weeks ago of, you know, I get it. It's Coastal is not a football school. is not an athletic school. It's a party school. Let's not sugarcoat things here. You come to the beach to have a good time. We're not Harvard, we're not Yale, we're certainly not Clemson or Alabama where you're winning national championships every year. But, damn it, we want to get to that level, man. And the first step in that is having student buy-in. And there's none. That student section was packed at the start of this game. I was so excited. It's the first time I've seen the student section completely full since the blackout.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right.
0: Like... It was awesome. I was so excited. I was like, we finally have a a game in beautiful, perfect weather. 72 degrees. It was, oh, it was gorgeous, right? Student sections, packed, and you got treated to a close game. You went into halftime 28-23, Georgia State winning. Losing at halftime. You're losing at halftime. And what's the student section's response? Tell them. Tell them. To leave. To vacate the premises. To go to poop and go to Tav. And tundies. And get drunk. Stop. Stop showing up. Stop buying tickets. Stop pretending like you give a fuck. It's unacceptable for this university. You talked about that drive where Carpenter fumbles. Yep. It's late in the game. Coastal is losing by one. A touchdown pretty much wins Georgia State the game. Right. And I know Carpenter put together a miracle drive, gets stuffed on the goal line on a two-point two conversion, right? But that touchdown really was the straw that broke the camel's back. And there's no student section to make noise because y'all left. You were gone. What kind of precedent does that set? What kind of attitude does that show the rest of the Sun Belt and the rest of the country? Your students don't even care that you're in a close game. Your students can't stick around for four quarters and cheer on the team. I understood when you guys left at halftime of ULM and UMass. We're winning. Let's go have a good time. The game's already over. Yeah, Yeah. let's go get wasted. This is a close game. Fine. This is a one-score game for most of the game. Yep. And you left. You abandoned your team. And the student section has the same attitude problem. That the football team does. <laughs> they don't care. And that's unacceptable, completely and totally unacceptable. It's, it, well, go ahead it's
1: not even a big student It, it seats no. probably what, 2,000 people?
0: Yeah. Uh, nice. That's probably stretching. We have 12,000 students <laughs> yeah, here. That's true. That's not
1: even asking for, fi- that's asking for like 15, 20% of your student body. Let me put it this that's way as, as just crazy. an example. That game in Boone.
0: was on a Wednesday night. Yeah, Yeah, it was good weather. Boone doesn't usually have good weather. Thank God we got that game in before it was snowing and awful.
2: Mm.
0: Not a single student left that game. Not one. Not one. That stadium was loud was proud, made an impact on that game. Oh, yeah. Let's not pretend that the noise in that stadium didn't throw Coastal off. Oh, it did. Where'd you go? Where did you go? Oh, you went to TAV. I'm sorry. I forgot that TAV closes at 6 o'clock on Saturdays, and you <laughs> got to get there to get a couple beers in.
2: And then it reopens later on for the night. Oh,
0: I guess so. That must be what's happening, like, right? Definitely. It's not pathetic. Pathetic unworthy. Yeah. That's the word that I, I, I want to use. Well, that's what I was gonna that's the right word in this situation. Well, you are I mean. unworthy of having that ticket if you're pulling <laughs> that garbage.
2: Well that's what I was gonna bring up like two o'clock kickoff. I mean guys you had all the time in the world afterward. to come out afterward to do what you had to do. Let's not pretend
0: that like a two o'clock kickoff isn't the perfect kickoff to get wasted on a Saturday. You don't have to wake up early to get to the tailgate. You can wake up at noon and still have a couple hours to tailgate before the game starts. The game ends at like 6 or 6.30. You're 30. not
1: missing anything. No. And then
0: you can go to TAV and COOP the same and time all normally those places would. all night. <laughs> it's literally perfect. It is. But you can't stick around for a couple hours. No, You can't be loud and proud. The old people <laughs> in, in the in the stands below my camera station were calling you out and they were louder
1: than you were they were alumni
3: unacceptable completely totally unacceptable let me let me say this right now Curtis. okay at this point we shouldn't even talk about it no more we shouldn't even be like hey come out here and support it we shouldn't talk about it no more because i'm gonna be honest it's unfixable it's it's unfixable you're not staying for a blowout you're not staying for a close game it's unfixable, Curtis. So, like, it's not even worth talking about no more because we're just wasting our oxygen talking about how the student section can't stay after one half. And, I'll, and I, I said it earlier in the year. I'll say it right now. I'm one of those people who are guilty. You know, when I used to go look at a game, I used to leave after the first half because my friends would leave. So I didn't stay after the first half neither. I regret that. Okay? And if I'm a fan, if my friends decide to leave, I'm staying at that game for all four quarters because you never know. But honestly, it's not even worth talking about at this point because it's just a bunch of wasted oxygen because it's unfixable. It's unfixable, unless we're playing like BYU when we have to stay.
0: But the problem is it is fixable, Mario.
2: It
3: is. I
0: agree with you. It's not fixable with the current attitude. No, no. But this university can step up and change that attitude. And the easiest way to do it is to start a student fan group. At Penn State, we had Nittanyville. There weren't very many of them. Right? There were probably about two or three hundred members of Nittanyville. But you know what they would do? They would camp outside of the stadium the Friday night before, Saturday, before Saturday's games. On the week that we had our biggest opponent was coming to town, they would camp out an entire week. Do I think we need to go that far? No. Mm-hmm. But having that group as tone setters for the rest of the student body of, hey, we're here, we're loud, we're proud, and we're not leaving... Coastal doesn't have that. Coastal refuses to start that, and Coastal wants to put a video of Joe Moglia on the Jumbotron before every game going, oh, we need to act with class in this game. There's no people to act with class (laughs) because nobody's (laughs) here. I don't care if the student sections go in there and they start chanting all kinds of horrible crap. As long as it's not racist, sexist, homophobic, or misogynist, fine. Don't care. Say whatever you want. At least have a student
3: section. Please. I I disagree. I I don't think it's fixable. The difference is with Penn State. Penn State is a large university with a huge football team. I just think this is unfixable because here's the thing. The athletes, like their attitudes, they have coaches, and they have people who could potentially change that if they wanted to, if they could be, you know, if somebody can drive them. These fans – the only thing that drives them is them driving the tab and getting a couple drinks in, like we said. I just don't think it's fixable. I don't think a fan group is going to fix it because we're still going to have the majority of the fans who are in that student section leave after the first half. In my opinion, I just don't think it's fixable at this point.
1: Yeah, it just kind of blows my mind because I'm someone that's paid attention. I mean, and I get it. I've paid attention, more attention than a lot of people. Most people have to college football my entire life. And I grew up a Virginia fan, and in my entire life, the highest Virginia has ever been ranked in the AP poll is 22nd. And that's a Power 5 team right there. They get the respect. They get the respect of the polls. They have the schedule to do it. People don't understand how difficult it is for a group of 5 team to get any respect from the national media, and they don't understand what they're a part of here and what they could be a part of here. And that's something when the player – I mean, how can you expect the players to be motivated when they come out of halftime they're down? And then the student section that was packed just right before you went in the tunnel, you come out of the tunnel, there's nobody there. There's no one to support you. That's a big fuck you to the football team right there yeah. and saying, we don't care what you do, so go ahead and do whatever you want. Oh, it's a mm-hmm. giant
0: middle middle finger from the student body.
1: Yeah, and it's just I don't think people understand what – how special – this team is and what's happened the past couple of years and I don't think this university does a good job of highlighting that either Mm. they act like oh yeah we're here now we belong here but they haven't they have no haven't explained at all how special this actually is
2: well let me just say this as the 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 quickest thing to us like us getting to national um prominence prominence with us getting to the hype that we've gotten the, we got there so in a year, and it can be gone in a year. Yep. Just like that, at like a snap of a finger, it can be gone like that. You guys think we deserve to be here and all this? We, if we're playing the way we've been playing, we
1: don't deserve
2: it. We don't deserve it, and we don't deserve to be ranked. And you know, it's it's pretty bad with the student section doing this, and especially with a with basketball season coming up. Yeah, you came out for Pharaoh. Congratulations! You didn't yell. You weren't going crazy like all these other prominent student sections around the country. You just sat there and watched. You know, what are what are you guys going to do when Winthrop comes in in basketball and South Carolina's coming in on December 1st? Are you guys just going to sit there? Because they're going to – the players feed off of the fans yelling and screaming, like you guys said, in a moment in time like that in the game. You need the student section to come out and be – what they do and make noise and and create a way for them to make a play.
1: Yeah, and I'm walking down through the field house to get out. Like, this is pregame. We're setting up. And I see 10, 15 recruits, all like three-star or higher, are there for a visit at Coastal. And let me get this straight. It doesn't necessarily matter as much if you win or lose in that game. The players, they're not concerned with that team because they're not there yet. They think they can change that. But – for them to see the student section leave after – why why would you want to come here? Yeah. Like, that's on display. It's a close game. They get a taste of, oh, what it's like. to We can play it off when it's a blowout at halftime. But we can't play it off anymore now. And we had a lot of recruits at that game. And that's really – I just thought about that. And I was like, that's, that's just terrible for the recruiting state of this program. Yeah, it's not good. But mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. <laughs> it's just – like I said there's not a lot of po- there's no positives to take from this game other than we get to play next week right that's it yeah and like we said with the app state game you can't let this game beat you the rest of the season you
1: can't let texas state oh, you God. know and 3 and 6 this is way more could be way more detrimental of a loss if you, you
2: lose to texas state and they're 3 and 6 good night oh well, senior night just good night just good night. Well, we, we know one thing. We're not going to expect the student section to stay, and they're not going to clap and, and do all that and give the recognition to these players that have given out all their years of hard work and dedication to help bring the coast closer to where it is. You're not going to see that. But if they lose to Texas State, I hate to say it, but season shot. Season yeah. shot, I hate to say it, season will be shot. Regardless of who we play in the ball game, it's shot.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a massive black eye on the season. This loss is a massive black eye on the season. It is. Right?
1: A loss to Texas State would be even worse. We but have an opportunity to salvage somewhat of this season. Yeah. We have to do But it's that. all on them. It's yep. all on them,
2: and they got to get bought in again. Yeah. They absolutely.
0: Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, I think we leave it there. Um, I really – I could go on for another hour <laughs> talking about this game. I, I mean, we we sat in here during our, our pre-recording meeting, and I wish I had hit record at the start of it because we went for like an hour and 15 minutes just talking about stuff, and most of that ended up in the episode anyways. But I don't know. I just I, – I, the thing that, that we have to take away from this week and the thing that we have to take away from this football program is forward. That's the word is forward do you care enough about the man standing next to you to move forward beyond this and to play lights out and to keep this program moving forward that's where you're at but with that i think we go ahead and we sign off for mario josh and jordan i'm curtis uh, have a better day than we did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, no, guys, we appreciate you, you tuning in and listening to us all the time. It's Especially if it, you
1: made it to this one.
0: Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's incredible to, to see the, the audience that we've built. But with that, Sean's up. We'll see you later this week.